You're listening to the Crop Disease Podcast, a podcast that will keep you up to date on how to manage common crop diseases faced by Australian growers. It's August and conducive environmental conditions have meant disease in crops have taken off. But what's going on where and what can be done about it? Strap yourselves in because in the next few moments, we're going to take you on a quick trip across four different grain growing regions. Hello, it's Megan Jones from the Centre for Crop and Disease Management, and I'm going to get the latest seasonal updates from three agronomists and a pathologist from WA, South Australia, Victoria and New South Wales. Now this is the second time we've done this with the same four people involved, so we'll hear about how issues from two months ago have progressed in the season. Also with me on this journey is my co-host, CCDM Director Mark Gibbard. Welcome to the show, Mark. G'day, Megan. It's great to be here. Oh, it's great to have you here. Mark, I haven't seen you around lately. What have you been up to these last two months? Megan, I've been away and in fact, I've spent the last two months having a wonderful time touring most of the grain producing areas in the country. So um, I've been throughout New South Wales, up into southern Queensland then I drove across to um, South Australia um, and across the York Peninsula. And by crikey, there's some fantastic looking crops out there right across the country. It was it was hard work to find anything that was looking like it was lagging behind. There's some really nice looking crops out there. And everywhere I went, there was rain. Uh, the weather looked um, fantastic for people. And everybody I spoke to was just talking about how much they're looking forward to a wonderful season in almost all of the areas that I've been to. So it's just great to get out there and hear so many positive stories. Sounds like a wonderful trip, Mark. So with all of that fantastic-looking yield potential out there, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, from the people who are on the ground to hear what's going on in terms of disease pressures as they develop throughout the year. Oh, it's a good thing you mentioned that because, actually, I spoke to three agronomists and a pathologist from different regions across Australia – I asked them all what they're up to and what disease issues they're currently dealing with. Shall we listen to what they said about that? Yes, Megan, I'm looking forward to hearing what they've got to say. Okay, great. This time we'll start on the east and come back west. So starting with New South Wales, where I have, where I have cereals pathologist Stephen Simfendorfer from the Tamworth Ag Institute, who covers central northern New South Wales and southern Queensland regions. Stephen, what are growers up to? And can you tell us a bit about their disease issues? Um, yeah, a fair bit. So it's pretty busy. So certainly we've had a massive spread in plant time. So we had a lot of, lot of crop that went in, in that sort of, you know, March through to early May and then just continued rainfalls mean we've got a massive split. So stuff that's only been in the ground the last, you know, month, three weeks to a month. So, you know, that's causing real concerns and issues with how we manage, um, some disease, particularly stripe rust. Um, that we know that crops are quite susceptible to stripe rust infection early at that seedling stages. So that late plant crop that's out there, wheat crops, is under really high pressure from um, you know, early infections from stripe rust. So certainly being factored into a lot of uh, lot of decisions at the moment. That's if they can actually get on paddocks with ground rigs. It's been that wet. Oh, geez, sounds so wet. So any other disease issues they're facing at the moment? Oh, they're, they're, yeah, stripe rust is certainly the one that's there. Like we're getting samples in with uh, fusarium crown, crown rot, basal infection. So we know that fusarium crown rot, even though people tend to only think of it in a tough finish, a dry finish during grain fill, where they see the whiteheads express, we know that infection is favoured by wet, wet seasons. So this is our third wet year in a row across much of that area. So, and, and a lot more cereal on cereal. So we knew we had full profiles on those heavy clay soils, so our chickpea area backed right off because they just don't like being having wet feet and waterlogged, and the price wasn't great either. So a lot more cereal on cereal or, you know, or, or, 
or you know, certainly a lot more serial in rotation. So we're certainly seeing that that creeping up. So yeah, it's not just a dry uh, finish disease. It's there in in all seasons. We build up our big inoculums in in wet years. Thanks, Stephen. Now moving around the country to Victoria, I have agronomist Greg Toomey from Nutri and Elmore, who covers the northern country of Victoria. How are growers going in your region, Greg? So pretty much we've finished our canola spreading of nitrogen. We've invested what we think we'll need there. We've had good good rains recently, which has certainly uh, given us a great deal of confidence that we're on track for um, a decent year, decent uh, yield potential. Disease-wise, well, we're um, starting to see a little bit of stripe rust in the un, in the paddocks that haven't had flutriophile. Uh, we haven't seen it in those that were treated with flutriophile. So we'll be dealing with uh, stripe rust in wheat shortly uh, for those unflutriophiled paddocks. And then barley, well, we'll start to see scald. We're seeing a little bit of spot form and net blotch and net form and net blotch. So they'll need to be dealt with in the next few weeks as well. Sclerotinia and aerial blackleg, that'll be starting to be addressed um, as our crops get to the first round of sowing that was put in just before at Easter. Um, they're at 20% flower now, so they'll get done. Most of the uh, wheat has had sufficient nitrogen to get it to around four, four and a half tonnes a hectare. This last rain probably raises our um, our hopes or our objectives to more like um, maybe a six tonne wheat crop. So we think there will need to be additional nitrogen um, come late August and into early September if the season continues as it is. Thanks, Greg. Now, moving to South Australia, I've got agronomist Sam Holmes from Central Ag Solutions, who covers the York Peninsula. How are growers going in your region, Sam? And are they facing disease issues yet? Um, so we've got quite a mixture, actually, I think, from the last since the last time. So we've uh, probably seen some stripe rust in wheat, which we haven't seen for a number of years, um, which has probably been um, due to paddocks that germinated really variable. We've got a tiny little bit of leaf rust around the place, but very few and far between. But certainly in the last well, three or four weeks, we've seen powdery mildew really kick that kicking off, and uh, and septoria has been underlying there for a while, and is is really starting to move a little bit up up the plant as uh, we've had lots of little showery rain splash, and we've certainly got some net blotch, um, be it spot form and net form that are. Uh, are starting to really increase um, and probably expected to increase with the warmer weather and, and a little bit of low-lying levels of leaf rust kicking around in Bali at the same time. Anything concerning? Yeah, probably. Oh, com- compared to normal, probably not other than oh, the net blotch ones, probably one we haven't seen in, in Bali for a while really start to get going and, and that's even after an early um, GS31, 32 timing of fungicide. Um, there's been some paddocks that have gone back to that are about four weeks since they've first spray and, and they've still got high levels under, or got reasonable levels underneath, So, um, which is a little bit of a concern um, considering we're going into some warmer weather and it's still pretty moist. Um, the, the wheat one, probably very similar to what it has been other than I'm always very nervous about powdery mildew and the amount of moisture that's sitting in the bottom of the canopy at the moment means the humidity is going to be there for a long period of time and and they're thick crops so you know trying to get penetration of that fungicide down deep into that canopy is going to be awfully difficult I think so yeah expect to try and slow the disease but perhaps not get on top of it. Thanks Sam. Now finally going to Western Australia. 
Agronomist Dan Taylor from DKT Rural Agencies covers the central wheat belt. Dan, can you tell me what's happening in the central wheat belt at the moment? Well, they're all ducking for cover at the moment. We've had a, a pretty wet week. Um, so we've had a really good top up of soil moisture levels and um, and, and the yield potential that we were sitting on is um, yeah getting a bit closer to fruition. That's great news. So everyone's pretty confident? Yes, we are. Yeah, there's... Um, you know, we're sort of getting into that period now, close to head emergence with crops and, and have had that soil moisture top right up. So, you know, we'll, we'll only need average rainfall from here and, uh, and our region will be looking at above average yields. Oh, brilliant. So, so are there any disease issues that are happening at the moment? Yes, there are, Megan, and, and, and some of them are going to be quite challenging for us, I think, given the situation we face with the, with the recent rainfall. Um, well, we discussed earlier in the powdery mildew um, and sort of get it going in wheat, and, and that situation has continued to d- develop. So um, we've seen crops that were untreated with fungicides from seeding um, progress to really quite high levels of disease uh, with powdery mildew in, at early stages of stem elongation, which has created some challenging con- conditions, I guess, and, and it's going to be hard to manage from here in, in terms of getting fungicide strategies right. And, um, and, and trying to minimise expense and, and maximise the growers' profitability. Would you say it's more challenging than usual? Uh, for powdery mildew, yes. We haven't seen infections for probably five to seven years um, to, to this level of significance. Um, so it's more about product availability. And, and now with our recent rainfalls, um, I can't see growers being able to get on paddocks for a good seven to ten days at least. Uh, and the availability of planes for spraying is zero. Um, so the, the diseases are going to be left unchecked in crops uh, until growers can actually get back on paddocks and, and sort things out. Thanks, Dan. So, Mark, what did you think about all that? Some big disease issues going on around the country, don't you think? Yeah, Megan, it sounds like um, there's some quite big challenges out there starting to emerge. And unfortunately, that's often the way it is. When we see years with big yield potential and often you know, big inputs in nitrogen or carryover from the years before, that's when we see the most likely opportunity for diseases. And as I mentioned earlier, pretty much everywhere I've been in the last um, couple of months, it's been wet, uh, there's been really good rainfall, um, and not just small small doses of rain, but sort of consistent small bits of rain moving through um, every second or third day, keeping the canopy moist um, and providing the sort of conditions which you'd really expect to see fungal pathogens start to dominate in. And I guess that's what we're hearing from the people who are on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now let's move around the country again and hear about the kind of management strategies they're recommending at the moment and what to keep an eye out for in the coming weeks. So let's start in northern New South Wales with southern Queensland cereals pathologist Stephen Simfendorfer. Stephen, what are some strategies you're trying to get growers to think about right now? Yeah, so I guess what we're doing is um, is trying to trying to get them to think about adult plant resistance with stripe rust. So really trying to educate people about how to be conf- confident on identifying when adult plant resistance is active and stripping out those infections. Because once the genetics is taken care of it, it doesn't need the fungicide protection. It needs the fungicide early to get it to when the genetics is expressing. So there's real situations around that. The other big one we're really pushing is, uh, particularly with that late plant crop again, is by doing that, we've, we've largely changed our environment um, during the season because it's in so late, it's, it's a couple of months late. And the concern there is around leaf rust. 
um, which we know likes warmer conditions than stripe rust. We tend to get away with, you know, leaf rust comes in late, but we're usually filling grain and it doesn't cause much problem. With that late plant being so unseasonally out of its window, um, the real fear is, and we've got some varieties that are quite susceptible to leaf rust, that we could have a, a leaf rust epidemic, you know, at stages where the genetics isn't taking care of it. So that's just one thing we're getting people to look at. And a lot of septoria triticide blocked further south, like into southern New South Wales this year, which is causing big concerns as well. Yeah, certainly we're here to help and, you know, just flicking some quick text pictures of what you're seeing and distribution in paddock, etc. We can put you on the right course as to whether it is consistent or not consistent with leaf disease and then you know, get a sample in if it needs confirmation. So, yeah, I guess the main thing is that growers, growers advisors aren't alone. We know it's another challenging year, three yet years, wet years in a row. In some ways we think we're getting payback for the three drought years. Um, but, yeah, I guess we'd all like to see them spread out a bit more to be uh, a bit less uh, hectic in, in all these decisions. Gosh, lots going on, Stephen. Oh, mate, it's, it keeps me out of trouble. I get into mischief otherwise. <laughs> For sure, Stephen. Let's move on to the northern country of Victoria with Greg Toomey. Greg, what sort of strategies should growers be thinking of and anything worth keeping an eye on? Well, as we spoke about last time, um, nitrogen is still... Uh, going to be important. Um, additional N will be required if the season continues the trajectory it's on. Uh, we're probably done with our canola. Uh, late nitrogen can still help canola, but most fellas have probably got to the point where they've put out what they think they'll need there. So certainly it's N. Uh, it's definitely now going to be uh, fungicides for um, cereals, you know, whether it's... Um, Stripe rust in wheat, or it's those um, scold, the scold and blotches in barley. And when you talked about nitrogen, is the level of applications a lot higher than usual? It is. Um, yeah. We don't have a great lot of legumes in our rotation at this stage. So, in the third good year in a row, or shaping up to be the third good year in a row, that there's not much left. So as the yield potential goes up, it's all got to come from nitrogen out of the bag or out of the spreader. So that's probably the challenge um, is to be brave enough to keep investing when it's uh, quite expensive this year um, and particularly as commodity prices have actually receded a little bit. They're still pretty good, but they're not at the heady heights that they were a little while ago. Great. Thanks, Greg. Now moving on to South Australia's York Peninsula with Sam Holmes. Sam, how about in your region? What management strategies should growers be thinking about and what should we keep an eye on? Um, probably really making sure, I've been telling guys, make sure they're on top of that um, timing of as far as if they're getting close to that flag leaf. Um, we've got some paddocks that are even coming out and head at the moment of uh, as cereal crops. But, yeah, being really timely on that um application it's a crucial stage and and really trying to make sure we're on top of the disease rather than letting get out of control before they get to it um i've probably been quite particular to farmers in the region about making sure we keep water rates up um just to try and get really good coverage and penetration and and i suppose most guys are you know, I mentioned it the last time, but most guys really having product on hand ready to go. We know we're in for a reasonable disease season, so they pretty much know that they're going to need something, so making sure they've got it on hand. Are you having a wetter season than usual this year? 
Oh, actually, we haven't had – I've sounded like it's been really wet and it hasn't been obscenely wet in regards to June and July has been probably actually slightly below average, but probably just that continually wet, showery weather, which means the canopy really isn't having that chance to dry out, which disease just loves. So, yeah, yeah that's probably been the main issue. You mentioned Slater's last time. How is that situation going? Um, so, yeah, that's probably come to a bit of a closure in regards to the paddocks are where they are now. Um, the the crops have, you know, grown grown out of that and the damage is done. So, you know, there's, there were some paddocks that were re-sown and, and have come away really quite well. Great to hear, Sam. And finally to WA's Central Wheat Belt with Dan Taylor. Dan, what management strategies should growers be thinking about in your region? So currently, I mean, the important thing is to is to get into crops that haven't had any fungicide treatment to this point, determine where the disease is in the canopy, what sort of incidence um, uh, in terms of leaf area infection percentages you have, and, and then try and get an assessment of how that disease is going to progress in the next two to four weeks, which is probably, I, I see the, the length of time remaining that environmental conditions in our area will be conducive for disease to continue to develop. A lot of our crops are approaching late stem elongation, so really we'd like to get to one, at least one fungicide on it, full flag leaf emergence or even early head emergence if we can um, push that far. But our experience with powdery mildew in this area tells us if it's left unchecked and we get past that sort of 10 to 15% leaf area infection through to sort of flag minus one in the canopy, powdery mildew is very hard to pull up with the fungicides that we'd have available to us this year. So, you know, the, the horse can bolt on us if we don't catch that disease early, which is why growers need to be aware of what's going on now. If we are, you know, mid to late stem elongation and it's a good two weeks before we can, before we'll see full flag leaf or head emergence, then I am suggesting growers get in there with a fungicide now to try and halt the disease and and stop its progression to try and minimise that leaf area infection, which will then allow them to sort of give them the time to get back at head emergence and, and do a final spray to, to try and sort of, you know, protect that leaf area to maximise the, the moisture we've got in the soil and the yield potential we've got. Yeah, sounds good, Dan. We've got a few challenges ahead. Um, is there anything else to keep an eye on, though? Um, the other sort of major issue we're having, which is sort of not necessarily disease-related, is, is mice. You know, we are starting to find monitoring crops that we can find damage in canola and early lupin crops. And uh, we need to start monitoring really closely for um, you know, mice activity in paddocks because they can sneak up and, and do a hell of a lot of damage uh, in, a, in a pretty short amount of time. Issue in our area at the moment that guys really need to have their head around. Yes, for sure, Dan. Well, there you have it, Mark. A heck of a lot of disease issues going on around the country. It feels like wheat diseases are taking the lead, though, with powdery mildew and striped rust probably getting the most mentions. What did you think about all those comments? Yep, Megan, and I think that's pretty much in line with what I'd expect given the conditions that we're seeing out there as well. Um, it's really good to get the feedback from the people who are out on the ground. And I think this shows us that there's an enormous advantage uh, to spending time out in amongst the crop, um, scouting for disease. And when you see something that's concerning or alarming, to call in the, the regional pathologist teams or the agronomists of, of skills in pathology to come and have a good look and to provide some advice on what the best strategy is. We know that when we get to this time of the year, I'm sure as we hear more later in the season that people will be putting out fungicides to um, help to control uh, the diseases that they're seeing. Um, and that's good advice, uh, provided people are following strategies to avoid fungicide resistance. 
And of course, we're all waiting for the next lot of genetics, uh, the, the next new improved varieties that are going to help to provide resistance. And wheat powdery mildew, we're certainly seeing that as an emerging disease, um, or a disease that has emerged, is becoming quite a dominant force once again, um, because the genetics that are being deployed right now don't have a great deal of resistance. But there's some good news there. Uh, we're actually doing some work in that area at the moment, and we believe that we've potentially identified some forms of new resistance that in the future will help to form the basis of resistant crop varieties. And, of course, that's a long way away yet. Um, and in the meantime, we're stuck with the management solutions that we have. Um, but with many of these diseases, we know that there's a pipeline leading to better genetics into the future. Um, CCDM is doing a lot of work in that space, and we intend, intend to continue to deliver new genetic solutions for long-term disease control. Yeah well, I, yeah, well, I do plan to check in again with our three agronomists and pathologists in about a month or two's time, but I'm guessing disease will be behind us by then, don't you think? What do you reckon the crops will look like by then? I'm hoping they're still going to look as fantastic as the potential looks like today, and um, I'm just hoping that'll be right across the country. And, I mean, I think we uh, are looking forward to a, a fantastic year for the Australian grains industry, um, and with the right control measures in place, I think most people are going to get on top of their diseases over the next month or so, and we should be hearing, should be hearing some really positive stories next time we talk. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's wrap up the podcast now. Thanks so much for joining me, Mark, and I'm hoping you'll come again soon to talk about more crop disease discussions. Thank you very much, Megan. I look forward to it. And thanks everyone out there for listening. And please keep an eye out for our next episode, which will be on the latest in lentil disease. It should be a good one. See you then. This podcast is brought to you by the Centre for Crop and Disease Management, a national centre co-supported by Curtin University and the Brains Research and Development Corporation. Music.